Hi, this is Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie. Welcome back to the podcast. I've I've taken a little break from recording these more personal in my closet bearing it all podcasts. I've had a couple of great interviews lately. If you haven't listened to the interview that I did with Jenny Falco on trusting your intuition, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of great insight that came out in that one. And I guess I've been trusting my own instinct that I just needed a little a little time and space for reflection. I I do share a lot in these podcasts. Some of you maybe are surprised if uh, if you don't know me of like, wow, this lady like says it all. But believe it or not, I don't share everything. And it's really important for me to um to be careful in how I share. I've learned a lot from the statement of Elena Brower who's a, a lovely yoga instructor and, uh, and speaker. And she says that when we share, it's important to share vulnerably, especially as a teacher, but we have to share from our scars and not our wounds. So when I do bring something to share it here, it's something that I've already processed and I've already gotten some insight from. I've talked to friends, close confidants about it, and I, I feel stable enough that I can provide a lesson around it. So I'm not coming to these with the idea that you all are going to help me work through my stuff, even though it, it is really helpful, actually, to to say it out loud in this format. I always get a new insight. And then what I love hearing is that you all experience the same thing and that uh, that we're in it together, that there's something that's inherently healing in that. So it's part of the process. And because of this whole mindset that I have about not sharing from wounds, I've, I haven't really been able to share because I've been working through a lot of wounds lately doing some deep, deep inner child work stuff. It's, it's, uh, just like, I, I kind of thought I had like gotten all my layers and then this, this whole other layer came up and it's, it's good. Yeah. There's the fear voice in my head that always says like, is this what life is? And I'm realizing maybe like, maybe this is what life is, is that I do this deep work. But the cool part about that is that I, if, if there, if there's, unending kind of pain and suffering and loneliness and and because I believe in polarity so everything is is equal and opposite then that means there's also unending fullness and healing and and joy and that's that's really what I'm experiencing right now that the the more I'm willing to dip into the the harder parts of this experience the more like almost immediately I'm feeling a, an openness to other people and relationship um a humility in myself that feels super calming actually and just a, the ability to be more present and more more present like I'm hearing music in a whole different way and seeing colors deeper and just like slowing down I realize how much of my rushing was coming from like a, a lack of wanting to look at certain things and now that I'm looking at them I'm slowing down and I'm enjoying and I'm taking a lot of pressure off of myself so all of that is great and, and worth the tears I believe Anyways, I digress because I, what I really wanted to talk about today was procrastination and why I think we might do it and what we can possibly do to work through it. Because it's, it's something that I see in a lot of people and in myself too, is that we put a hold on what is most important in our lives and we can't figure out why we're doing it and we're, we're beating ourselves up over it. Full disclosure here, I'm honestly not the worst procrastinator in the world. I'm, I'm like, hyper-responsible. I'm, like, usually trying to do something 
three days before it's due because I just can't handle the anxiety of like someone expecting something from me. And I just, I'm in a habit now where I just, I just do a lot of things, but I have procrastinated on certain things before. And I work with a lot of procrastinators. I have procrastinators big time in my family. So I, I, I get what it is on some level. And, and I think what it is, is fear. Uh, Elizabeth Gilbert, she writes about this really well in her book, Big Magic, that like procrastination, basically every form of resistance that we have is fear of being awesome and wonderful and achieving our creative dreams. And so chances are you probably procrastinate about the things that feel most important to you. Some of this might be as simple as like self-care, like you procrastinate about going to the gym or going to bed and, and you're, what it is that you're doing in that is you're, you're blocking the, the awesome growth that can happen when you just go with the flow of your own self-care and you get powerful. So I think the first step of looking at procrastination is to really look at like, what am I afraid of? Like, who would I be if I didn't procrastinate this? And my guess is, is that it's, you're not afraid of failing as much as you're afraid of it succeeding and having to take a big step forward into your life. And that means changing some things. And I see it all the time with my clients that if they start exercising every morning consistently, their life changes and their work changes and their relationships change. And it it fundamentally changes who they are as a person because not only are they changing their habits, but they're changing what's underneath the habits too. And so they're able to step forward into a new identity and it always happens. Like I just was on the call a few nights ago and we were talking about letting go of friendships. <laughs> and it's like, we start talking, we were talking about exercise and eating and all this stuff that's personal. And then before, before the end of the course is over, people are like, and there's a few relationships I just really need to let go of. And they're not me anymore. So it, it, it feels to be like a trackable progress process for me. So first step, I would look at like the fear. Second step is to look at your conflict style in life. I've talked about this before. I believe on podcasts, it's, I, it's, information from my teacher, Diane Mushu Hamilton, who, who talks a lot about the Buddhist response to conflict. And basically there are three different styles. There's people who are accommodators. When there's conflict coming up, you're trying to make it better. I'm an accommodator. I will like, I will take on all the guilt, all the responsibility in the situation and just try to fix it. This is like, this is a lot of the childhood stuff I'm working through right now. And then there are also people who are aggressive, who want to like urgh, get in there and add a little fuel to the fire and fight it out, defend themselves. And that I, I know those people. I don't I don't know as many of those people in this country. I feel like I know people from other cultures that have a little bit more of an aggressive stance. But I, I have it in me. We all have all of this in us. And I, I have it with my brother. Like I just have no problem like fighting it out with him. Luckily, now the world, or it's not physical. We just, I can argue with him and work through conflict that way. It's, I think it's actually fairly healthy use of, of conflict style and aggression. And then the final one is disassociation. So it's like, what, what happened? Like you totally check out on some level or like the silent treatment, like I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. And I think that this is actually the disassociation. I see it as being, um, the, the most dangerous one. And it's the one that's tied most to procrastination, I think. So it's like, if you're an accommodator, like I am, you're going to get an assignment. You're going to think about your self-care and you're going to be like, all right, I'll just do it. That's what I need to do. And yeah, let's go for it. If you're an aggressive person, 
you're going to, you're going to argue and you're going to rebel against it and you're going to find your own way to do it, but you're still going to probably do it. You're going to move forward in some way. And both accommodators and aggressors are staying in relationship with what's going on. This is something that Diane taught me so much. It's just like, you can, you can either choose to accommodate it or you can choose to fight it, but both of those, you are in relationship. But when you disassociate, you're out of relationship. You've cut off the flow of energy. And it's, it's really hard to have good relationships with other people or with yourself or with your work if your habit is to pull away and to freeze up. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is a judgment. I'm just saying this is that maybe it'll spark self-awareness. And I have this in me as well. Um, I, 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 not so much in my work, but with my relationships, when there starts to be conflict, I'll just be like, well, that wasn't going to work anyways, or guess we need some space. Sometimes it is the right response, especially if you go more towards accommodation or aggression in a pattern to like, give it a little space, see what's happening, get a, get a read on it before you dive back in for action. But if you know that your pattern is procrastination, then look, look at that pattern in your life. Like what, what is that pattern costing you and how, how can you start to use the, the thing that you're procrastinating on to change the pattern? And, and so maybe it's a lot to go from disassociation to accommodation because those are two opposite ends of the spectrum. But what I like is a, is a baby step or a middle step is to go into aggression of just like, get pissed about the assignment. Like, I don't want to do that. God, I don't want to build my website. I don't want to do a podcast and then have all the responsibility. I'm going to do it my way. You know what? I'm going to like take four weeks off and then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to get on there and I'm going to tell people whatever it is, but feel how there's like more energy in that than to be like, Oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. It's like smiling your face. Everything's fine. But like the lights are not on inside and like you're not you're not in relationship with it so I then I think if the importance of seeing bigger patterns is it wakes up self-awareness and then once self-awareness is is really awake and you can see like god this is affecting every part of my life and I don't I don't want to spend the rest of my life not doing the things that I'm here to do okay maybe that's a motivation enough to change because if it's just the like going to the gym thing who cares honestly but like if, if the going to the gym thing can serve as a metaphor for how you're approaching every single thing in your whole entire life and you're going to spend your life that way, then yeah, then it's really important. And, and going to the gym and working on that can be like the perfect place to start to change the pattern. I love the Buddhist phrase, how we do anything is how we do everything. I think this is really important to look at for like on the yoga mat, that like you can see all of your patterns when you're on the yoga mat, your competition, your self-pity, you're, you're pushing yourself too hard, all of this stuff. And the cool thing is it's just a very confined space. So it's like on the yoga mat, can I work on being less competitive? Can I work on like being a little bit more self-affirming? Can I push myself a little bit harder or can I take a little bit more rest? And then you start to change the pattern from this like very kind of like separate space, which is essential at the same time. So just to review so far, we're talking about like Look at what you're afraid of. You're afraid of awesomeness, probably. Like, see if you can get a vision around what awesomeness might look like. That might be a motivator to change. Look at your pattern of dealing with conflicts and see if, if that overall pattern in your life feels damaging, especially if it's on the, the out-of-relationship, disassociated side of things. And that might be motivation to change. And then the third one is, like, a little bit more practical, which is just to start. 
I, I love the Kundalini Sutras of the Aquarian Age. I know that sounds like the most hippie New Age thing ever, but they're really good. There are five of them. And I won't go through all of them, but um, my two favorite ones that I think are applicable to this conversation is, number one, there's a way through every block. Really practical. Good, right? There's a way through every block. Whatever the situation that's coming up in your life, there's a way through it. And, and like you can figure it out. Like It's there if you stay in relationship with it. And the second one, which really works for this conversation, is when the pressure of time is on, begin and the pressure will be off. And so, and it's, I use it every day. So like when I'm feeling overwhelmed and I'm feeling like, God, this project is so big right now and there's no way I'm going to get through it. Like I'm, I'm looking at the end of the road, then I'll just start and be like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to do this. I do this with cooking all the time. I'll just like put a pot of, of water on the stove and turn it on. It's a tip I got from Tamar Adler. She wrote this really great book called An Everlasting Meal, which is about cooking. And she's like, just put a pot of water on the stove and then it'll be boiling. And then you'll have to figure out something to put in there. So you'll throw some vegetables or some rice in and, and pretty soon you're cooking something. And so it's like, it can be as simple as like, all right, I'm, I want to write a book. I'm going to start the Google doc. Let's start it. I'm going to, next time you come back, I'm going to think of a title. Let's do it. The, the writer Sark, uh, she, she talks about this. She calls them micro movements, I think. And she's, she's written like 15 books or something. And she's done it all with micro movements. She was like a procrastinator forever. And she's like, if all I feel like doing is writing one word, I get on there and I write one word. And Liz Gilbert talks about this too, of just like putting in a little bit of time to honor the muse of whatever creative dream wants to come through us. I think, I think a lot of the people who are successfully creating work are talking about this, that we just have to start in some way and not worry so much about the end of it all. Just like, it's, it's not going to look like what we think it's going to look like anyways. And you can look at the, the accolades you might get and the joys and all of that, but that might be overwhelming and probably not even what we're looking for is more the identity of like being someone who follows through and the identity of, of being a person who stays in relationship and identity of being a person who's willing to like, you know, put something in the game to like, to, to be involved with it. And I'm, I'm going through a big change right now as, as I do this deep inner work, I'm going through this change of, of really seeing the next vision for that, the branches and the outer work of what I want to do with the self-care work and with my business. And I, it's, it's about expansion and it's about bringing more people on and, and bringing this out into the world. Like I, I literally have this vision of, of circles of self-care women here who are just like, feeling this like deeply feminine, powerful, awesome leadership that we can share with each other and taking it out into conflict zones and just like helping people to feel this empowerment, not because we understand and they don't understand, but because like we're in this together. And I, I, I not only see it, but I feel it. Like I feel it in my bones of like that, that's, that's there. And, and like, I don't want to spend my life feeling like that's a possibility and then not going for it. And so the in-between is that I have to like let go of my need for control. I have to trust other people. <laughs> this is where the business process and the spiritual process get so intertwined. I have to, I have to do all this deep inner work of like, why is this so hard for me? Really, it's about sacrificing perfectionism here and just slaying that so, so like movement can happen. And, and perfectionism is definitely a form of procrastination of like, I'm not going to put it out there till it's totally right. Just, just put it out there. Seriously. I, I, I'm a perfectionist and I would, 
I'm not with my work and I don't, I don't know why. The only thing I can think of is why is because this work really wants to happen in some way and I'm being, I'm like an instrument for it. And so I, I don't feel that way. I, I cringe when I look at things or listen to things sometimes, but I still just like put it out there. So yeah, I think having a vision is really important and, um, and that can go back to the first step. Just like, what are you afraid of? I'm going to summarize one more time because summaries always help me. If you're procrastinating, let's look first at your overall vision of your life. Are you afraid of being awesome? If so, just like get comfortable with being awesome. See if it, if you can make it not about you in some way. If you can believe so deeply that like your vision is needed, that you're willing to sacrifice you to just do it. See if that motivates you. Look at your overall patterning. If you disassociate, stay in relationship, get angry, get pissed, rework the assignment, make it work for you, but do it. And then third is show up in some very small way, just start and um, pressure of time will come off of you and, and maybe we can even fall in love with the process. So I, that was my plan this morning was I was just going to go in my closet and hit play and start. And so I could be podcasting again and back in connection, back in relationship with you all. And it, it feels good. So thank you for listening to this and please let me know. Let me know if you are, are stuck with anything and I'm going to be unveiling the fall self-care 101 program, which is going to, it's going to be very special for a few different reasons. I'll do a podcast in the next week or so to, to tell you why and why, if you're thinking about taking that 10 week course with me, this would probably be the right time. So stay tuned for that. Many exciting updates on the way. And within all that, just feeling the, feeling the love with you all and, and just sending out a lot of respect and space for your own care. So have a wonderful rest of your day or evening. Take care. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices more inspiration and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot and remember keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.